everybody and welcome to season one episode one of the hold fast podcast i am your host david brandow and today we are going to give a brief introduction into what hold fast and the hold fast podcast is where it came from the idea behind it and where uh ultimately i would like to see it go so as we get into this I really want you to understand something. I do not want you to take anything that I am going to say at face value. Ultimately, the way we are supposed to test the spirits, as the Bible says, is to listen to what somebody says, compare that to Scripture, and then make a judgment off of it. And that's really what I would like to see people do with what I'm bringing in this podcast Don't take my word for it. Don't just blindly accept what I'm going to say. Look at the scripture for yourself. Verify that what I'm saying is true. And if I am saying what is true, then do something about it. But as we get into today's topic, where I really got this idea of Hold fast was through prayer. Um, I was praying about what I saw in many, many churches that I was both attending, um, hearing messages from. But really, for me to make all of this make sense to you, I need to tell you about who I am as a believer. Uh, I was raised in church almost my whole life. My dad, a great man of God, had a church in California, and he raised me and taught me biblical principles and truths that I see are missing in many, many churches today. He taught me about personal responsibility as a believer. He taught me self-control. He taught me how to study, how to pray. And biblically, what he taught me was how to be a Christian. And really, that's what I can see is missing in many of today's churches. I can go on for days telling you all the failings that the leaders in modern churches today that they have. I could give you examples of unbiblical teaching. I could show you congregations that don't grow spiritually or people that have lack of pursuit of relationship with God. And and to be honest, many of these congregations are more interested in what they look like outwardly to one another more than and rather than how they will present themselves to God in the end. So out of frustration almost, I was praying and asking God about how can I help people grow? 
How can I reach people and encourage them to grow spiritually? And the answer I got was out of Revelation chapter 3, verse 11, which says, Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. And what I felt God tell me was this. You know what you have been taught. Hold fast to what you have been taught. And ultimately, my role as a believer is not to force people to grow up. I can't lead people to maturity if they don't want to. People's growth or lack of growth does not reflect on my ability to reach them. I am not responsible for whether people live for God or use him or think they're saved. Those people are responsible for their own growth, their own spiritual maturity, and their own pursuit of God. What I am responsible for is what I have been taught. And part of what I've been taught is not just to sit back and ignore what is wrong, but to come alongside people and lead them, help them if they need it and want it. But even if they don't want the help, I am responsible as I have been taught to show them and show others the truth and be a light along the way. One of the best examples I can give is Mark chapter 4, which is ironic because when I was growing up, my dad would preach out of Mark chapter 4. And as a young kid, I would think, oh, Mark 4 again, here we go. But the reality is this, it's a powerful, powerful example of who we are to be as Christians. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus tells the parable of the sower and the fields. And through this story, we see the responses of the fields. And, and, and Jesus, if you read this chapter, goes on to tell the disciples that the fields are symbolic of different types of people. Some had good responses, but mostly they were bad. But regardless of the response, the sower never stopped sowing the seed. The sower's responsibility was to sow the seed. The sower was not responsible for the response of the field. In the parable, Jesus said, the seed is the word of God. The word of God is unchangeable never wavering, inerrant, and those who are called to sow the seed are responsible to ensure it is sowed exactly how it was entrusted to them, pure and undefiled. So from this prayer came the idea for Hold Fast Project 311. I was trained to sow, to preach, to build up, to edify, to exhort to good works, So my intention with this podcast is to provide a medium by which we can build a community where like-minded individuals who truly want to grow spiritually into who God wants them to be, who want to hold on to the true teachings of the scripture, to understand why we believe what we believe, and to pursue holiness as the biblical writers intended, can come together and know they're not alone, and they are pursuing what is right and holy. 
in sitting down and, and preparing for this podcast and for the episodes to come, I have been forced to look at what I believe. Forced to look at what I believe, compare it to scripture, and verify what I believed was sound doctrine. I am personally not interested in following doctrines made by man. I only want to hold fast the doctrines as laid out by the Bible. And as we continue through this podcast, I want to show you historically how the Bible was shaped first by what Christians believe and how it was adopted in its current form by the early church fathers and how it can be trusted as a reliable source for basing our entire religion on. I will face head on the lies propagated by those who fall away, those who look at the Bible as a history book, and those who try to debunk the Bible as it can't be trusted because it's scientifically inaccurate. There are a lot of people, even in my own life, who have fallen away and have become embittered by Christianity. Some of these people were hurt by defiled seed. Others, because their secret sins were challenged and because they don't want to give them up, fight against the truth. But true believers don't get to change the truth because we don't like it. For true believers, there is no my truth and your truth. There is only the truth. We all have experiences that shape our perception of the truth, but that never changes what the truth is. If we acknowledge the truth as a fact, then when that fact doesn't match what we believe, if we want to stay in line with the truth, we have to change. If you don't change who you are to align yourself with the truth, then you are living a lie. But don't get this twisted. I am not saying that you should just believe everyone who comes along and says, This is the truth, and that is the truth. The Bible is full of examples and even commends those who test the spirits. Those who receive what is said and then examine the scriptures to see if it is accurate. And that's the difference right there. Too many people think the truth is what they feel. Too many people in church today hear messages they don't like, and instead of going to the Bible and testing to see if it's true and accurate, They base their relationship with God off of how they feel. So let's look at some truth today. Why is it important to hold fast to the truth? I want to take you back to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 10. And for context, Moses is recounting for the children of Israel their journey from the creation of the second set of tablets to just before they enter the promised land. And Moses is relaying to Israel the essence of the law. And we will pick up in verse 12. Moses says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and statutes, which I command you today for your good. 
This is an important fact missed by most people. The rules, the quote-unquote rules associated with Christianity, the things required of believers are required not to make themselves righteous in the eyes of God and the eyes of those around you, but are solely for your own personal good. This flies directly in the face of many who believe Christianity is legalistic. There is absolutely no biblical basis for the idea of if you do righteous things, you are righteous. The truth is, if you are saved, you follow the commands of God, period. If you don't like the commands of God, you do not get to bend them to fit your lifestyle. And this is something I'll get into in later episodes. But the truth is this. When you get saved, what you are doing is surrendering control of your life and inviting God to become your Lord. Your lifestyle must change to conform to the commands of God. Otherwise, he is not the Lord your God. Anyone who has a problem with something commanded by God and contorts scripture to live in sin, is not of God, has not made God the Lord of their life, is not saved, and cannot claim to be saved. And I can show you this throughout scripture. Everything going on in the world today where we see churches bowing to mob mentality, accepting, even condoning sin, and trying to make the church more inclusive, shows these churches are not being led by God. The fact of the matter is this, God doesn't need you. God gains nothing by you submitting to him. Church leaders need you. They need your money. They need you so they can have a position and power. But God doesn't need you. God wants you because he wants what's best for you. Any church that accepts and condones sin is not serving God, but serving their bank accounts and and the bank accounts of those in charge. Accepting that people are broken and in need of a Savior is not the same as bending and twisting the truth to make it comfortable for people to live in sin. And what Moses is saying here in Deuteronomy is that these commands are given for the sole purpose of the good of Israel. In turn, as believers, we choose to follow and obey God's commands for our own good. And here are a couple of things that we can take away from these first verses. What does God require of us? Number one, fear him. Number two, walk in all of his ways. Three, love him. Number four, serve him with all your heart and soul. And five, keep his commands. Why? For our own benefit. There is nothing mentioned here by Moses in which he commands Israel to do any of those five things that benefit God in any way. All five of those things mentioned benefit you as a believer. So let's continue. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 14. Indeed, heaven and the highest heavens belong to the Lord your God, also the earth with all that is in it. 
The Lord delighted only in your fathers to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, you, above all peoples, as it is this day. Therefore circumcise the foreskin of your heart and be stiff-necked no longer. What Moses is saying is because God chose to love Israel, Israel must circumcise their hearts. The act of circumcision in the Bible is an act of dedicating oneself and your children to God, a physical but private and personal act that distinguished them from the rest of the world. Moses is telling Israel, you have performed an outward act of dedication, but that outward act does not automatically make an inward change. Israel must inwardly dedicate themselves to God. And the same is true for Christians today. I think we're all aware that an outward confession of Christ as our Lord and Savior does nothing if the inward heart is not dedicated. We can see this analogy used in the New Testament, where Paul writes in Romans 2, Circumcision is of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter. In 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul further writes, Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. And again, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 5, For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So clearly what Moses called the children of Israel to was to follow up their outward dedication with inward dedication. So too Christians must follow up their outward profession with inward dedication. If you do not, according to Moses and Paul, your outward confession and outward displays of piety and dedication mean nothing to God and are of no benefit to you. Verse 17, for the Lord your God is God of gods and the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes a bribe. He administers justice for the fatherless and the widow and loves the stranger, giving him food and clothing. Therefore, love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him, and to him you shall hold fast and take oaths in his name. He is your praise and he is your God, who has done for you these great and awesome things which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt with seventy persons, and now the Lord your God has made you as the stars of heaven in multitude. So here we have two examples, both out of Revelation and in Deuteronomy, that show us perfectly why it is important to hold fast. Not just because we're holding on to something that our parents taught us, or we think God wants us to, 
or we think that people around us need to see us holding on to something. Through these scriptures, both Revelation and Deuteronomy, we can see where God is telling us the best thing that we can do for ourselves is to hold fast. In Revelation, Jesus says, hold fast what you have been taught so that no one may take your crown. In Deuteronomy, Moses is telling the children of Israel, hold fast because it is for your own good. The purpose of this podcast, the purpose of the Hold Fast Project 311 is to create and nurture a community of believers who are focused on pleasing God, not because of the benefits, not just because of the benefits, but because they are truly in love with God. I thank you for listening to me today. I hope I gave you something that you could study on your own. And if this is something that you would like to be a part of, please continue listening. I will be dropping episodes every Friday in March, every Friday in April, and every Friday in May. I hope to have you on another podcast soon. God bless.